Isle of Man TT Radio, fueled by Monster Energy. Attention Paddock Preview Show, powered by RST. Good afternoon and welcome to Attention Paddock, brought to you by RST, right here from the TT Grandstand in Douglas. We've not had a great deal to talk about so far this week, but... As we speak, the skies are slightly brightening here at the TT Grands, and there's still a strong old wind blowing, and we've just had a look at the webcams for Up on the Mountain, and it doesn't look awfully fantastic. But nonetheless, we're here, and today I'm Chris Boyd, and I'm joined by Patrick Ferrance, three-time sidecar TT winning passenger, eight TT podiums in total, and uh, an all-man of all things sidecar expertise, uh, Richard Milky-Quail, former TT winner, and TT Rider Liaison Officer and a man who has a leading role with the newcomers as we touched on last night, and Ed Wilson, the TT and Motorsport Digital Content Manager for the Isle of Man Department for Enterprise. Good evening, gents. <laughs> Hello. Good evening, Chris. How are you doing, mate? There's almost a peak of blue sky out there. There is something over there, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed. You'll know, Milky, what is the current state of play up on the mountain? Um, well, as it stands, the mountain's not very pretty, to be quite honest with you. Um, the, there's only about 20 metres of visibility up there. It's very misty and foggy. Um, uh, again, as it stands at the moment, the helicopters, rescue helicopters can't fly, so um, that's probably going to be the limiting factor, really. Um, apparently, there's mist on Kronkavody also, which is, again, a big problem. So, yeah, um, as it stands, it's not looking too brilliant. But... At the moment, the session goes ahead with roads due to close around the bulk of the course at 6 o'clock already started to close in other places. Yeah, that's correct. I think, obviously, the way the week we've had, we've got to try and run with it and try and, try and do the best we can. See, just I think it's going to be a bit of a waiting game and see what the weather does. Um, I mean, the weather, looking at the forecast, it looks like the weather is due to get worse as the night goes on and then a bit of a shower comes through and then it clears. So um, it just depends whether it's going to miss us. You know, we might be lucky and it might go north, might go south or whatever. But, um, yeah, I think at the moment it's just going to be a bit of a waiting game. Poor old Gary up there, you know, he wouldn't want his job at the moment trying to make the decisions. But hopefully, I mean, there's, there's wind strong enough to blow any mist away. So possibly we, we might just, just get lucky, you know. And we're at the point now, Patrick, where we have to just try for any window we can find. Uh, yeah, we can. Um, the guys, super bikes, especially they need time on the bikes. If they can get a run out to Ramsey um, and then come back under waved yellows it, it, it's sort of a case where they have to go um, the problem's been over the last few days with the, the wet roads um, as well as um, the fog over the mountain but if the roads are dry now they can get a good run out to out to Ramsey and then, then see how we go from there Is that an option? Is that a running to Ramsey an option? It's been tried in the past Yeah I think that's what Gary's looking at maybe trying to do and uh, at least the boys can get a bit of set up on the bumpy part the bottom lower part of the section where it's really bumpy and ultimately that's where the big bikes need to set up and um, at least it gives the lads a run out and uh, you know a good 20 odd miles of, of running and hopefully uh, a, bit, a little bit of set up time and then we just have to have to be marshalled then over the mountain um, reduce speed um, you know under waved yellows um, and then uh, go again then hopefully it all adds a whole lot of complexity into things doesn't it Ed? it does yeah it's, it's it's not ideal like you say um gary's doing everything he can i'm sure he's put things in place already uh, getting people in the right place if, if people are required to be escorted over the mountain everything will be in place already so he's doing everything he can and hopefully we'll be able to get some some actually something anything let's uh, see if we can just bring up the weather forecast then while we're talking weather and get that uh, to you the latest weather forecast from the wrong way met offices cloudy with hill fog and outbreaks of rain from mid-evening clearing away early tonight although when tonight comes it's probably too late for a practice session and some clear spells later in the night dry at first tomorrow but turning cloudy with hill fog and rain by lunchtime 
it's just a disaster, isn't it? You couldn't write it, Chris. You know, that's the thing. <laughs> Especially after last year, you know, when we didn't have a... We had 15, 20 days of unbroken sunshine and, you know, we, you come this to this and now we've got quite the opposite, you know. It's just uh, it's just really frustrating for everybody, you know. All, all the spectators are here, the, the marshals are all here, the riders are all here, we're all ready to go for any bit of action and we just need a little bit of break in the weather. And It's, know, it's like six it's and two threes at the minute, just looking at them trees over there, it's really <laughs> blustery, so it's... How, how hard did the boys push it out to Ramsey because you're going over them crests and your front wheel's in the air quite a lot of the time and if you get a bit of gust under it it's uh, it's an yeah, added factor into the again into I think mix. I think it would just be purely I mean no one's going to be trying to set a lap record tonight yeah. so I think it'd just be a matter of just getting a bit of track time getting <coughs> your brain back up to speed again ultimately that's the thing I mean it's all well and good getting your getting your machine set up but it's getting your brain up to speed mm. that's the thing that's the that's probably one of the hardest things is just getting used to the outright speed of riding around here because it is just so so super super fast and you know riding driving to the paddock at 30 miles an hour in your van and then you sat around for four or five hours and then next thing is before you know it you're off the top of Bray Hill 180 90 miles an hour it's your brain takes a little bit of uh, catching up on that so well mine does it mine used to anyway <laughs> <laughs> mind you I've only got small brains so. <laughs> but yeah no um yeah it's just little stuff like that you know you need to be just riding the bikes just to just to get uh, used to the, the handling of it because I mean you know yourself you, you go out at the start of the week you get a big tank slapper and it scares the, the, the living daylights out of you but then by the end of the week those big tank slappers that you're at they don't even bother you you know because it's just because you're used to it you're used to it whereas this week now because the boys haven't been out on the bikes it's just going to be every time you go on the bike it's, it's going to be scared you're going to be scared of the thing so yeah it's like I say it's far from ideal oh just sounds like make an announcement are they no we're okay i think oh, it's right, about no, moving cars right. oh there we go then that's all right. um, the frustration must be something that riders have to learn to cope with here that unique to here because everywhere else the meeting would be finished by now and they'd have moved on mm-hmm. I, it either would have happened or it wouldn't they sat around here kicking their heels since tuesday night and they've got to cope and to manage that frustration when they, they do eventually get back out onto the course yeah that's correct i mean it, you know that's that's all part of the tt experience for the riders and, yeah. the, and, and the competitors you know you, you go to a short circuit meeting at nine o'clock the gates open the tracks are live and you're on the track at 901 do you mean you, you, you and away you go whereas here at the tt you know the roads might close at 620 but there could be a dog on the track or an ambulance or a fire or anything stupid like this that you, so you're not going off till 10 to 7 and it's just it's all the, it's just a waiting game. It's isn't not it? just the riders, though, is it? It's like the it's everybody involved. The, the mm. marshals, the marshals that are stuck upon the mountain. Mm. Um, it's it's how far do you go? Do you, ca- do you they can't just leave them out there all day, um, and then turn around and say it's off. Um, you, you've got a there's a there's a balance with everything, um, but it's not just the riders that you sort of got to be that have got to be patient. It's it's the team managers, um, the organisers, Milky yourself, um, and, and the marshals as well. And that is one of the areas where Gary Thompson has really changed things completely in terms of TT. He makes calls very early, Ed. Yeah. The marshals know where this, they're not sat up on the mountain for hours and hours and hours and end unless there's the chance of something to happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, earlier today there was a couple of delays. We thought there might have been a window in the weather, but like you say, he, Gary made the decision after delaying it once for about an hour and delaying it again for about half an hour. He just decided it wasn't worth closing the roads down for that and getting everything in place and hundreds of people that need to be where they need to be around 37 miles. Uh, just the, 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 the work has to go into that. He just decided to call it off sooner rather than later. And his, his communication, uh, obviously, it comes to us and we then get the messages out as, as best we can and as early as we can to keep people as informed as, in, as possible. And there is a whole resident population on the Isle of Man for whom today yeah. is a working day who need to commute into Douglas or into the office or whatever you need to get home. And all those things have to come into play, don't they? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I did a lap about an hour ago there and the, the bottom half of the circuit was looking 
rideable. It was, it was. I thought, oh yeah, we're going to be lucky. And then I turned at Ramsey up towards the hairpin. I was like, oh goodness me. <laughs> so yeah, so it's just uh, yeah, everyone just wants it to wants it to happen and, and get going. So yeah, it's just it's a very big inconvenience for everybody. I understand that. And but like I say, like Ed was saying, you know, Gary will try his best to to, to make it happen. You know, hopefully just get everyone keep the fingers crossed and be okay. There is rain in the forecast pretty much every day throughout next week. And senior race day is the only day I think that doesn't feature any rain in the forward forecast. What potentially happens if we go through next week and we don't have a dry track? Uh, well, uh, obviously, it's. Uh, I wouldn't want to put any lad out on the track. That the, the conditions have been been perfect, really, and it has to be has to be right. You, you, know, you can't just stick them out just because it's. We've not had any race, and I'd rather see no race than anyone get hurt through the through a, through a bad weather condition and. You know, ultimately we might have to start losing some of the schedule or uh, arranging the schedule a little bit more, just so you know at least one class, every class gets one race or something like that. You know, rather than having two or something. So, but that's the sort of thing we'd have to evaluate when when we get to it. You know, it's, it's been so unchangeable the forecast up to press though. It's like mm. you look at it one day and it's yeah. it's fine for three or four days, and then you look at it twelve hours later and there's there's rain in the mix all the days. So I don't know about next week. I think they're just going to have to wait and see, and then there's a shorter forecast comes in take decisions from that but yeah. the the decision making is it's hard it's, yeah, it's I a mean, tough one. ultimately it's it's all fallen into the the, the the plate of the experienced lads you know all the lads that are stick, stuck with the same bike from the last year and you know the lads that have been riding the bike at the northwest they're all up to speed and ready to go the likes of dean harrison and stuff they're they're they're, they're quite happy i think because i think dino could probably pretty much run straight away i mean i know he was saying that this, he was far from happy with the super bike but you know, at 129 mile an hour, then he's a he's he's a good bit ahead of the rest of the field. So, uh, you know, the experienced lads maybe obviously they'll be getting frustrated, but the likes of Connor again, he's on the same bike as he was last year. Experienced lad knows what he's doing. The likes of Connor, you know, and, and Dean, be, they're they're quite. I think they'll be quite happy with having less practice time. It'll be they, difficult though for the experienced guys that are on new bikes, like John yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and Hutchie. He needs time on his bike. Um, there's a whole range, even Hickman. Exactly, this new BMW is yeah. a completely new beast altogether compared to the old ones. So, Michael's the same, you know. Michael's yeah. Michael hasn't really done that much riding either, has he? You know, since since last year. So, mm. they they want more track time, but it's like I say it's just fallen into the plate of the of the more experienced lads that are in a settled team. They're they're I think they're they're like quite happy. <laughs> I would say I imagine they'd be quite happy. You'd be like, well, hey. <laughs> we had we had Dean in here on Monday night when we launched um, Alaman TT Radio Fuel by Monster Energy. And he was saying that even the Superstock ZX10 was a completely different animal to the previous yeah, version. Yeah, I was speaking to Gary Johnson there. Uh, I've done quite a bit of racing with Gary. Uh, he's, every meeting that he's been at, we've been at pretty much for the start of the year. And he was saying the news that ZX10 was... It's it's very snatchy on the throttle. The the the, the fly-by-wire throttle and stuff isn't particularly working at the moment. And he's been trying different maps and stuff and trying to smooth it down. But and I think that's the same problem that Dino's had with his. It's been quite aggressive on the on the on the power output, which is fine on the short circuit. But here, it just you just don't want anything to upset the chassis. The, there's enough getting up, yeah, the chassis getting upset enough as it is. It doesn't need anything more from the throttle to be doing it. So, yeah, it's um, it's yeah, it's it's not again far from ideal. But um, you know, um, again. Dino's on an experienced experience lad and stuff, and he'll probably ride around it, so it should be all right. And presumably within the super stock regulations, there's a lot less freedom in what you can do. Yeah, for sure. That, that's the thing with the super stock thing. I mean, it's, it has definitely been uh, it's tightened up this year as well at TT, the super stock regulations, so compared to what you used to be able to do. So there's a lot less uh, freedom on the super stock side of things, you know. So, um, yeah, they're pretty much like a road bike straight out of the showroom. 
What so, are the main components you're allowed to change now? Well, that's the thing. You, you, pretty much the engine has to stay pretty much standard as much such now, whereas we used to be able to do a bit of polishing, a bit of li- lightning and this, that and the other, whereas now it's pretty much has to be a, a standard engine. So it's uh, you, know, you can change your fork internals and stuff like this just to make the, the suspension better. But, I mean, you don't really need to try and get more performance out of the engines. They're knocking out 200-odd brake horsepower as it is. You don't need, to, you don't need any more horsepower. So um, it's just a matter of just getting that, that power onto the track is, is, is the key. And the sidecars, the 600cc glasses that have been around for a long old time now, it must be refined to almost the nth degree by now. Um, yeah, the um, it, the Honda and the Yamaha are the, the main protagonists around here. Um, but it's it, again, it's just track time that the boys need for setting up. The The suspension setup is massive for the sidecars around here and, sh- and chassis setup. Um, just track time, the newcomers is a, the big thing as well. They've had very, very little time. I know there's one newcomer team down there. They didn't quite make the... Um, I think they brought down at Hilbury on the newcomer's lap, and then they never made it round the first lap, so they haven't even completed a lap yet. Mm. Um, so for the newcomers, they they need to get out and just have get round a lap and get some time on the on the sidecars. Everybody needs it, doesn't it? We were going to talk last night, and we ran out of time. About just what is the process with the newcomers from the point where they express a willingness to come and compete at the TT? Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is now, the TT is at such such a high level now that, 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 that as a newcomer, it's so, so difficult for them. You know, you, you've got to be at a really high level before you can even, uh, will even give you an entry into the TT. So ultimately, through the winter, generally, or even like other riders that might be here now, they might think, well, I fancy a crack at that. They're, obviously, they get in touch via email. Everything's email now, isn't it, through the world? And, <laughs> Um, so yeah, so we get in touch through the email and, and uh, basically ask them to send us our CV. We have a look at the CV, and again now with Go- Mr. Google, you can have a look on there and see what they've done. If they, you know, if they, they say that they they've won championships, we can check them up and, and 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 make sure that they're good. So we do that, and then we basically invite them over then for a, a, a look around the circuit and see. You know, myself and Johnny Barton, we uh, we're out every every Sunday. Well, Johnny does Saturday, I do Sunday through the winter, and wow. generally always have somebody over. Um, the lads, the, the latest group that we've got this year, I've been working them since December. So we always bring them over, um, have a look at them first initially and, and analyse them and see why they're doing it and why they want to do it. You know, if they say they want to be rich and famous, then I'll say, get back on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, you're not doing it for that reason. You've got to uh, do it because you want to do it. You know, that's, that's, that's the thing. You know, this place is, you've got to have the passion and you've got to have the, the drive to want to do it. You know, it's, it's such a unique thing. It's totally different to any other race circuit. So... Yeah, if they're, if they're if they're happy and they're up for it, then that's when we then again we'll bring them over and over and over and put them through a, a training regime basically. So um, ultimately, though, it's down to them to learn. You know, they have to go back. They have a look at the track. They go back then to wherever they've come from, Germany, New Zealand, wherever they've come from. Go back on the laptop, look at the onboard DVDs and learn it that way. You know, it's, it's never been so good though for newcomers to it, to, to learn like the ride raids like now. Yeah, yeah, the ride raids now are amazing. It's you know, it's um, it used to be the fact that you had to come over in a car and yeah. do. Three million laps, you know. Whereas it would now, have been the same when you first started, and it was like that when yeah. I first started. You just had to learn yourself, and you had to take upon yourself to learn. You had nobody helping you and showing you way, and it, it was it was tough. You had to learn the hard way. But it's, there's that many rider raids now helping. It, it's it's good for newcomers. But you're, you're still going around with the newcomers almost daily, aren't you? That's correct. Yeah, yeah, every day I'm out with the lads now, and just running around and just trying to, um, you know hone their skills a little bit and just give them a bit more familiarity with their job then that's ultimately what they need they just need laps 
you know, and, and unfortunately this year in particular it's, it's hard because they just haven't had that opportunity you know so whereas last year was fine it was ace you were getting mm. four or five laps a night it was mega so um, it's just just getting familiar with the track and I always say to the lads you know you've got to always challenge yourself what, what am I coming to that's the biggest problem you know brushing into a corner without knowing what's around the corner you know you, 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 can't, you can't get through the corner fast either you, can't, you haven't got the confidence to go fast so you, you know your brain always wants to protect you we'll always try to to protect you so you come to a corner it's a late apex corner you, you ride it as you see it you're turning early and you shut the throttle because you've turned in early so you've not got the drive down the next straight then so it's all a matter of no and if you know it's a late apex then you can wait a little bit later peel in later and drive down the cut down the down the tr track you know down the straight so it's uh yeah it's so difficult and the majority of corners around here are late apex corners that's another thing you know yeah it's you know, it's not. Uh, it's so so difficult to to have that confidence to turn in later. You know, you're doing 170 miles an hour into a blind corner. You know, at, at Gorsley and stuff like that. It's just, it's intense. It's a three year. It's a three year corner. That I call it Gorsley. You know, you've got to know, you know, it's there. But it takes you three years to get to the confidence and the ability to to be able to race through there. So, I remember being in the press office at about oh four or oh five, and I think it was when David Jeffries had beaten uh, John McGuinness into second place in senior. I think it was, and. David Jeffries was having a pint in the press office because they used to give the top podium men a pint in the press office that's in right, those yeah, days yeah, and then you used right, to talk yeah. to the media. And David Jeffries was absolutely buzzing. He was going, first time ever I've got through Gorthley flying top. Did you get through, McGuinness? Did you get through flying top? He was absolutely buzzing about the whole thing. And just, as you say, getting to that kind of ultimate degree on the course must, must just, when you do it, it must be an amazing yeah, buzz. It's just, it's just effortless, you know. I mean, Patrick will tell you as well, you know, it just... When you're, when you're just hitting apex to apex to apex, it just feels magical. It's just so smooth and flowing. It doesn't even look like you're feeling like you're trying because it's just it's just like poetry. It's just... Ah, da, da. It's just <laughs> nice. And I, like I said, I, I, the way I always describe it, it's like classical music. Um, when you ride on a short circuit, it's like thrash metal music. Like, ah, aggressive. You're rushing into a corner and aggressive. Whereas riding the TT, it's like classical music. It's like... Da, 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 da. You're doing 200 miles an hour, but it feels like you're only doing 30 miles an hour. It's weird, isn't it, Patrick? It's just... It's just it's, it's Mozart. It's beautiful. You know what I mean? It's just uh, just. It's how that's what it was like with Molly when I was driving with Molly because he was just all big wide lines and um, the next corners into the one before and it's yeah. It, it all just flows. It's it is. It's beautiful. It's just oh, it's just it's magical. It's the best feeling in the world and ultimately that's why we all do it. It's you know it's just amazing. Do you still have do you still have one lap in your mind that? That sticks out for you when you're thinking of that sort of thing. Do you have one particular um, lap that not flowed really, not really? Like? No, I think it's just you just um, it's, you never you never. I was never ever happy with one complete lap because there's always one corner that you'd always think, oh, I could have just done a bit carried you know a bit more road on there and just carried a bit more speed through it. And that's I think that's the nature of the a 40 mile circuit. You'll never get the ultimate perfect lap. You know, you never. There's always something that you think, oh, I just made a little bit of a mess there. And yeah, well, even Hickey after 130. There's an announcement coming. We'll wait for it. We'll hope uh, one of our guys hears it. Right, um, but normally, when we have wet weather around the TT or around the Manx Grand Prix, the classic TT, everyone decamps to Jerby just to get some running out of the bikes. I haven't seen much notice of that happening this week, particularly. I think Jerby's been flooded today. It's been <laughs> Jerby, yeah. <laughs> Not even a chance to get out up there. No. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can do at Jerby. That's the thing, you know. You ultimately, uh, you know, at the TT is it's because it's so you need that top speed, and you know, it is literally just a it is literally just a, a, a chance. If you've got you have a, a mechanical issue, then you can test Jerby and, and try the gearbox or something like that. But as regards to getting to top end high speed stability, you need to be on the TT circuit. You've got to be doing it on the track. So, okay, let's just pass to Tim Glover for the update. Tim. 
Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Gary Thompson has come on about the same time as last night. And uh, again, he said, you know what I'm going to be saying. And unfortunately, tonight's session has been cancelled is the uh, grim news, unfortunately. But looking at the webcams as we have and looking out from the commentary box up the tower, very thick cloud over the hills. We can't see out uh, over to Kronkivody. We can't see down at the south as well. It's really closed in and the webcams haven't cleared all day up there on the mountain. So they, uh, it is uh, unfortunately a familiar theme and tonight's uh, qualifying session has been cancelled. Tim, and uh, well, more grim news, unfortunately. And we were hoping to get a full day of practice in tomorrow, which might have led us into a race day on Sunday. That almost certainly seems in jeopardy now, even, doesn't it? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what uh, what we're going to do now. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll just have to go back now and have a rethink of the schedule and see where see where we can fit it in. And again, ultimately, again, it's all weather dependent. Uh, to see what the weatherman says tells us and, and uh, I mean, but it, I think it's a, it, it's it is the right decision I think if you, if you can't see through the crowd I mean um, safety is paramount you can't make rash decisions just to try and get people out on the track at the end of the day you have to keep the rider's safety yeah, paramount for sure, I mean, that I, has to be I mean there. I've crashed in the mist on the mountain in my first ever Max Grand Prix I crashed in the mist on the mountain and uh, you know they came down the first lap and the mist was down it was head height but it didn't slow you down and they came down the second lap it was right down and me being me, I, I should have slowed down, but I didn't. And I rode off the, I rode off, off, off the, off the hedge at Brandywell and broke my leg in three places, broke my hip, my arm, and uh, yeah, that was that was uh, that was my first encounter of the TT course in the Fair mist. play, I get this far as Brandywell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it was it was final to the Black Hawk. The Black Hawk was mega, and then uh, yeah. So it, it's just you know it has to be right. It has to be right. You know, we, we're, we're, pe we're playing with people's lives here effectively, so it can't we can't just think oh well we need to just get them out there. It's not, we're not cannon fodder. We, you know we have to be. Uh, think about the riders and it has to be safe and yeah. this is something that even the ordinary member of the public can understand because if you've been up on the mountain in the mist even in a car or a van or anything it is a nightmare to even for locals to understand exactly where you are well, on that road for sure chris i mean that's ultimately why i fell off i thought well that's all right i'm a local i've been over here millions of times i know where i'm going and then i got to brandywell and i didn't <laughs> i went off the edge <laughs> so yeah. that was it so yeah um yeah it, it's it's frustrating for everybody on that completely understand but um it has to be right it has to be right it does indeed. I don't know what the answer is here. Do we need another smaller capacity category or something that could run in uh, slightly worse conditions? Nah, even the, even no. then, Chris, because the smaller bikes, you're pushing on harder through mm. the corners. That's the thing. Lots of people often say that. They say, you know, oh, well, we can send the little bikes out, but you're carrying higher corner speed actually on the little bikes than you are on the big bikes because you're fully committed. And they're still doing laps over 120 miles an hour these days. Yeah, yeah. So they're not yeah. really Yeah, small, there, there is no mass yeah, manufacture yeah. smaller capacity apart yeah. from Moto3, is there, yeah, which yeah, is just ridiculously yeah. expensive. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, so. you've got the Super Sport 300 class which could be an option but again um, they're, they're not fast enough uh, they're not a fast enough CC I mean the 115 miles an hour everywhere it would just be it would just, yeah it just wouldn't be that, that sort of like a much of an entertaining class really so um, that's the only viable option that you've got really but but still yeah. you're in the same predicament you can't send people out no, when no. it's like that whether you're on a a 125, 250 or, or any capacity machine, they're, they're capable of going at high speeds and you can still crash them exactly the same as you yeah. can a superbike or a super sport. It's, yeah, it's, it's, just, yeah. it, it's, it's unfortunate for everybody concerned, but safety at the end of the day is, Absolutely. is paramount.
We've had a lot of people come onto the island since Tuesday who have not seen a bike turn a wheel, <laughs> so won't necessarily know what's happened before Tuesday. Where we did get a session in on Tuesday night, and we got a session on Sunday afternoon. So we will just recap what we've had so far this week, if you like. The Superbikes only got out on Tuesday night as their only session, and Dean Harrison set that lap at 129.531 miles an hour, and it was over 130 before he backed it off at the end of the lap. Michael Dunlop then uh, was on a pace to match him before he also backed it right off at the end of the lap. They were both on a 1.30 pace, and it was really, really windy on Tuesday night, wasn't it, Patrick? Yeah, I mean, um, even though it was clear and the visibility was good, the wind was wicked. It, it, was, it wasn't it it was blustery as well. Uh, speaking to Dean, he said he was tur- having to turn into Windy Corner way earlier than he would normally. Um, so to be able to do them kind of speeds on the first night, effectively, um, it, it's, it's right on the, on the pipe, but... Um, it's just, it's one of them things at the minute. We can't. This is, it's all the evidence we've got to go on. The other man who was right up there on Tuesday night, right at the pace head, was Connor, who mm. was black flagged on his second lap when he was setting really good sector times. But even his standing start lap was right there on the pace for one twenty eight point oh nine. I think it was. Yeah, he's had some. He's had some runs out in British Superbikes coming to see. He had a very good run. Uh, well, all the pageant team had a very good run at the Northwest Two Hundred, didn't they? Um, uh, I think he's full of confidence, really, and his experience. He's been around a lot. He's a local lad. He knows. He goes on here every day, all year round. So he's he can come in with with as few laps as as are the others, and he's he's in a much better position because of his experience. Yep, and uh, the other man with loads of experience who was right up there at the front was Michael Rutter, perhaps surprisingly because they're, they're trying to get this RCV to work, which is not the easiest thing in the world, uh, effectively a MotoGP bike minus, if you like, a production-type version. But he put in a lap at over 100, nearly 127 straight away. Yeah, I mean, again, it's just all that experience again, Chris. You know, that's the thing. And they're all just the experienced lads at the top of the field. I mean, Michael did Macau on it. So, again, he, he's got a bit of familiarity with the bike. So, it wasn't as if he was just jumping on a completely brand new bike. So, he, again, he was just a little bit used to it. So, it, it shows the leaderboard tells you that. You know, you've got like the likes of Dean Harrison, Connor, James Hillier, all on exactly the same team as they rode for in the last couple of years. So, again, they're settled. They've got the setup. They've already got the, the data's all there. So, just dialed into the bike and away they went. So from, from last year, so they've always at the highest starting point straight away. Michael again, Michael Dunlop, brand new BMW again, struggling with that um, as regards to that. So, yeah, it's just Dave Johnson on the Honda as well again. That's why he's a bit further down the leaderboard, just a brand new bike, just trying to get set up. So, yeah, the, the top three you can see, that's why they were just that little bit higher up the leaderboard than everybody else, and that's where the speeds were up there. Because right were, from a start yeah, point as well. Yeah, exactly, because yeah, they had that, that highest start point straight yeah. away. So, um, again, it's playing into their hands. It really is. It, for, for, for the weeks, the way the weeks, the weather's been, they're, they're going to be the, the, the three main main runners, I reckon. There's still some really promising times though for people that aren't with the same team. Obviously, Jamie Coward is with the same team, but I think he's on a different machine this year. Yeah, he? he's on the R1 this year and stuff, and you know, and, and James is. He's riding really good, yeah. I was going to say, if we're looking yeah, for a name to watch out yeah, for, yeah, potentially, it wouldn't necessarily be, yeah, Dark Horse, mm. he might be that man. Yeah, definitely. You know, Jamie's not, you know, it's not the biggest team in the world as well. It's a nice little friendly team. He's dead happy with it and he's riding really good. And, you know, he was even made an appearance at Jerby at the start of the season there as a bit of pre season testing. And, yeah, he's, he's in a good place. He's in a real good place. He's riding good. He had a real good Northwest and stuff as well. So, mm. he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's happy. Whether, again, whether he can just get up to that top three is, a, is another thing. But, um, yeah, he's, he's going to give it a go. He's going to try. And, and again, not necessarily think the R1's possibly the best TT bike. You know, they're just that cross-plane crank and the way the power deliver, delivery is isn't really that high-end uh, four-cylinder multi-four that really pushes through. Um, it's good bottom end, good torque out the corners, but just it just seems to lose just that little top end uh, on power. So 
um, yeah, again, your Kawasaki, your Honda, and your and your BMW are your, are your, are your main real bikes. That I think that are going to be up there. And on the sidecars, Patrick, the main man we were looking at on Tuesday night was John Holden of Lee Cave, who really set off straight from the grandstand on a standing start lap at a blistering pace. They're taking ten seconds out of the virtuals by Glenn Helen. Yeah, he said that he actually caught um, the virtual. What did the virtuals do? They're hundred and eleven. Yeah, he actually caught virtuals by. Um, I think he said the end of the end of the cronk he'd caught them by and then he'd backed off and then tried to reel them in again so he w- I was speaking to him at length and he was saying that he's he, he, that, that was a, a lap mired with like backing off and trying to reel him right. back in again so he's really happy with how he's going and things are looking really promising for, for the similar lap times to what he was doing last year Pete oh. Founds and Javan Wormsley they were another one that set a really good second lap for them in the 1-1-4s as well yeah they've been going well in the British Championship though they've blistering pace all year breaking lap records and they're a settled team they've been riding together for a number of years now um, he's back on his familiar LCR chassis of what he was riding two years previous it was always been going well but um, but there's plenty of quick I like the Crow Boys they, Crow Boys wow. they were the one just short of 110 <laughs> on the very very first lap I mean you've got to remember these are these are newcomers these have never been around this course before on a sidecar and they're just young kids and they've gone out and they've done that it's fantastic there we go. Yeah, I mean, I was in the I was in the holding area when they came in, and they, he he, he, the, he was covered in oil. The, the thing had chucked a load of oil. Yeah, all I think it was out. just breathing a bit. Yeah, yeah. Bre- bre- out in, into, uh, he did 110 covered in oil. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. mean on that first lap was just phenomenal, absolutely yeah. phenomenal. I don't know whether it blown a flange or something. I don't know what it done, but it just blew blew oil everywhere, all over his yeah. newcomer's bib was covered in oil. And, was, and then they had to clean it all off, and he went back out again. And I think he only got as far as ginger oil or something. Uh, like that, was yeah, it? I know he didn't get the, the yeah, full so way around. Yeah. It could have blown a flange, but they, they try and sounded amazing, I think. It, it sounded really, really good on the sidecar, doesn't it? There's a lot to watch out for if we do get any action. Unfortunately, this evening's practice session is cancelled here at TT 2019, fueled by Monster Energy. It's been the story of the week. You've been listening to Attention Paddock, brought to you by RST. Thank you to my guests this evening. We will hopefully speak to you tomorrow when we might get some action. For now, from the TT Grandstand, good evening. <laughs>